Well, today our saint is Saint Josephat, and uh, this guy's a really remarkable guy. He grew up in the Ukraine, and around the in the 16th century, so in the 1500s, he grew up in the Ukraine. He was born into an Orthodox uh, family. So it's, if we can kind of re- remember here, the East and the West, uh, we split, unfortunately, by about 10, uh, 1070, I believe, or might have been 1040. 1054, okay. So 1054 was a split, and that split was sort of like preceded by really hundreds of years of strained tension between the East and the West. And a lot of it had to do with politics, okay, because in the 4th century, the Roman emperor moved his seat to uh, Constantinople, to the east, out of Rome, okay? So you really kind of had two powers in the east and in the west. In the west, you had the pope, and then in the east, you had the Roman emperor. And uh, after the empire fell in the west, the empire continued on in the east, and the Roman emperor in the east was a very, very important figure, so inevitably, he kind of uh, ruled the roost when it came to church matters. And so whenever politics gets involved, there's always a tension between the Pope and the, and the political powers. It's a constant problem all throughout church history is the Pope's always in some kind of conflict with uh, secular authority. Okay? And so because the secular authority in the East was so big and so powerful, kind of inevitably sort of began to, to tear the two sides apart. And unfortunately, in the 11th century, we split apart. And the Orthodox, the main problem that they have is they are Catholic in almost every single way, almost in every single respect they are identical to us, except for the fact that they really do not regard the Holy Father, the Pope of Rome, in the exact same way that we regard him. They do, they do regard him as very, very important, uh, and very authoritative. I mean, they would, they, they believe he's a successor of Peter, but there's just some, they, they kind of tweak things a little bit in their own theological understanding, and, uh, when it, and when it comes to the Pope, and the upshot of it all is that they don't ha- they kind of justify to themselves <clears throat> why they don't have to obey the Pope. That's kind of what it was, what it is. So, they have this kind of idea that, uh, we follow tradition, and all those, the, the Romans are all uh, innovators. Okay, so that's kind of how they, they justify this split in their mind. And so if you can kind of understand that, you see that the dominant religion in the East was that was the, were the Orthodox. And St. Josephat's growing up at that time, and he's born into an Orthodox family. Okay, and so he's being from his mother's, you know, knee, he's being basically fed this idea, you know, uh, of uh, we're right, they're wrong, they're innovators, okay, they're all about novelty, we've got the pure uh, old-time religion, okay, so that's that's what he's being fed. So his his um, coming into full union with, with Rome as a young man is just absolutely remarkable, and I don't know all the details of how, how it happened, I would imagine it was probably just through reading and so that was a really brave thing for him to do because this is a time period where, you know, people had wars over religion. People died. They killed each other over religion. So for him to stick, you know, kind of stick out like a sore thumb in his native land by becoming, uh, you know, in, in full union with Rome is a really a big deal. Very brave. And so there was a section of the Ukrainian church that was in union with Rome. 
and they were called, uh, to this day at least, uh, probably at that time as well, they were called unions, meaning they're in union with Rome. And uh, from the Orthodox perspective, it's kind of a pejorative term. Oh, they're a unit. And, uh, but nonetheless, this was the reality. He eventually became bishop of the, um, the, orth- uh, the uh, uh, Ukrainians who were in union with Rome. And he eventually died for it. He was killed by the Orthodox. So, you know, if you look at it from the Orthodox perspective, you're like, okay, we triumphed over that traitor. Okay? But the reality of it is, is this guy is very, very, very faithful. And he's a man full of faith and full of insights and full of spiritual wisdom. We see this in our first reading today. Um, we have uh, this person who's killed, basically, or at least uh, he dies. And everybody's opinion is like, oh, he deserved it. You know, he got punished. That's punishment from God. And so you've got the human perception, but then you've got the reality. The reality will be totally revealed and manifest to everybody in the resurrection of the dead. So something very interesting here. It says, in the time of their visitation, meaning when Christ returns again and uh, calls forth all of the dead from their graves, it says that's, that's their visitation. So in the time of their visitation, they shall shine and shall dart about as sparks through stubble. What happens when sparks go through stubble? There's a, there's a fire. Okay, it's very interesting. So he's portraying, or the, the author of the Book of Wisdom is portraying the, those who rise from the dead as almost like this powerful and they're igniting, they're bringing about judgment upon those who had that mistaken impression about them and possibly were responsible for their death, says, they shall judge nations and rule over peoples, and the Lord shall be their king forever. And uh, Jesus says to the twelve apostles, you who have followed me in this age will sit upon twelve thrones judging the tribes of Israel. And it's part of our theological tradition, which I was not fully aware of only until recently, maybe a few years ago, and I found it very fascinating, is it's... It's the opinion of many, many theologians that in the resurrection of the dead, there will be a proportion of the just who are raised from the dead who will actually be given the privilege to basically judge all of humanity along with Christ. It's very interesting. And so the apostles will be there. And that's why in our artistic tradition, you see, you know, if you ever see the pictures like Michelangelo's The Last Judgment, Jesus is up there on his throne. Mary is here, maybe to his right or to his left, and then you see the 12 apostles to the right and to the left, and then everybody else is being raised up. So the 12 apostles have this special position where they're actually, along with Jesus, they're judging. They're exercising judgment over other human beings, which is pretty amazing, and over angels. St. Paul says, do you not know that we will judge angels? Okay, so this these, these passages in Scripture that, you know, like this one right here, you how does how does that how does that work? Well, the more we are like the apostles, the more probability, so to speak, that we'll actually be in that sort of second class in the resurrection and be given that privilege to judge along with Christ. Probably very few people <laughs> will actually be there, you know, along with the apostles. You got to be really kind of up there, but very likely Saint Josephat, because he had such an apostolic spirit, uh, will be included in that number. So what a remarkable man. Let's let's ask him for his prayers for us that God would give us courage to go contrary to other people's perceptions when those perceptions are in error. 
Okay? You know, you can be in a given social group. That whole group can be completely wrong about something, and you could be the only one who's right. Okay? I mean, in today's current society, how many people uh, think something like, uh, I mean, I just read the other day, they they said 70% or something like that. I think it was 70% of, of Catholics thinks it's, t- it's totally okay for young unmarried people to cohabitate. Okay? 70%, right? So if the majority rules, well, then all of morality is going to be kind of turned on its head. Right, so we can't always follow the majority. Sometimes it makes perfect sense to follow the majority, but other times it doesn't. Okay, it is possible for the majority to be wrong. And uh, my brothers and sisters, we pray today to be given wisdom, to be given insight, to be given faith, to be given courage through the prayers of Saint Joseph. At so, like him, we might be able to rise from the dead and uh, and, and be seated with our Lord Jesus Christ in glory for eternity.